You're listening to Thematics, presented by UnleashStrengths.com, the only show that embraces your addiction to strengths. Hi, everybody. My name is Andy Sokolovich, and I am a Gallup-certified strength coach and the owner of UnleashStrengths.com, nestled right here in the small Midwest town of Clinton, Iowa. Thematics. What you're watching right now is a video series created by Unleash Strengths to highlight the massive impact the StrengthsFinder assessment and the book StrengthsFinder 2.0 has had on now over 11 million users. It's our belief that the best way to promote its effectiveness and proven results is to interview those uh, who've experienced the power of strengths-based development firsthand. And each person being interviewed today, uh, actually it's just Nathaniel today, but each person being interviewed on this broadcast is intimately aware of their strengths and wants nothing more than the share their unique story. For more information and to view a recorded version of this interview with the transcript, please visit UnleashStrengths.com. If you would like to be a guest on our show, Thematics, go ahead and shoot me an email, Andy, A-N-D-Y, at UnleashStrengths.com, or give us a ring, 815-441-2219. Again, our number, 815-441-2219. And as always, we're on Facebook. Hit us up, Facebook.com forward slash UnleashStrengths. Today's guest is Mr. Nathaniel Small. Nathaniel, how are you doing? Thanks for being a guest. Introduce yourself. Tell us where you're from, and then go ahead and give us your top five. Sure. Um, Nathaniel, Nathaniel Small. I live in Sydney, Australia, so we're about uh, 15, 16 hours ahead of you, so Christmas Eve is well and truly happening. Uh, And my top five uh, are futuristic, strategic, learner, ideation and responsibility. Very nice. So now talking about StrengthsFinder, who introduced you to this tool and why? Where did it come from? How did it get ingrained in your life and and what was your first experience with it? Sure, my first experience was just over seven years ago. So um, hadn't heard anything about strengths at the time. Um, I was part of a um, sales business development team for a global coaching training consulting company and the training manager of our um, state. Um, he had done um, StrengthsFinder um, 1.0 uh, a, a couple of years before and he was uh, always looking for stuff to do to work with us to help improve what we were doing um, and he just he and one of the coaches who was part of the business put together a half-day team-building workshop with StrengthsFinder as the core tool. Um, So seven years ago, StrengthsFinder 2.0 had literally just come out. Uh, um, And so we all took the StrengthsFinder 2.0 assessment back then, which was just the top five. That was all you could ever get access to. Um, And we did this half-day workshop. So that was my first exposure. Um, uh, And I was somebody who by that stage of... uh, my life had taken almost every per- personal assessment tool, personality profile that was in major use in the marketplace, um, uh, and thought I had a fairly good handle on uh, uh, who I was and how I um, how I did stuff. But the Strengths Finder assessment at that time was a huge aha for me, um, largely because it answered the question. Uh, for me, why is it that I am so successful in this current role uh, in terms of performance uh, when 
I don't have what people would recognise as the classic kind of uh, um, strengths as people understood them then for for how you would succeed. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, that, that it, the lights went on in a in a fairly significant way around around the assessment. So since that day, tell us a little bit about your strengths journey. I mean, you so you 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 said you had some insight immediately. Your top five explained why you were good at the role that you were filling at the time. Um, oh. Now, what have you done since then? I mean, how have you kind of embraced your top five and been able to apply them in your everyday activities? Yep. Okay. So um, I mean, at, uh, from doing the assessment, then I um, uh, I then started to be more aware of. How I was using them in my role, which I think was was significant uh, uh, in the first instance. Um, interestingly, when I first did the assessment, um, the uh, the guy who took us through said, um, "I can't understand why futuristic isn't in your top five." Because when I took the assessment, the top five that I had, um, three of them are still in my top five, but futuristic didn't appear, um, and uh, uh, so that got me curious and uh, one of the things I wanted to do was take the assessment again uh, to uh, see if something, anything was different and if so, why. Um, uh, and the learner in me kicked in and I wanted to learn as much as I could about the assessment. And at that time, Gallup really only had um, first first break all the rules, now discover your strengths and strengths finder 2.0. There wasn't the huge bank of resources that they've opened up to the, to the world Mm-hmm. Over the last two years, uh, so uh, and I discovered frustratingly that um, you had to actually set up a whole new profile with a new email and actually change your identity <laughs> to, mm-hmm. if you wanted to take the assessment again. Um, so um, I didn't take it again, uh, as it turns out, until three years later. But uh, what it did was help me realise uh, that I was going to hit a plateau within that role, and I needed. I needed uh, a new uh, challenge to help me uh, continue to apply who I was. Uh, and a lot, of, a lot of that was about the structure of the organisation, uh, not being a strength-focused organisation. They were really focused on some very hard commercial stuff. So I, um, I, I started hunting for a role that would better fit and, and was able to use my talents to identify... Uh, uh, a role that was, uh, and it was a complete change in industry. Uh, uh, but the but the major client was the same. Uh, so they wanted somebody who had a lot of client knowledge, uh, not necessarily industry specific technical knowledge. Uh, and I so moved from education into manufacturing in material science engineering, which was people when people look at my story on the submission, they go, "How did you do that?" Mm-hmm. Well, it was because I was able to draw on my top five uh, to at the time, which was input and learner, very heavily one and two, to absorb vast amounts of information very quickly uh, and be able to then take that information with strategic and and come up with the, the pathways of how to apply what they were doing into this particular uh, customer market. So, so for the next three years, I found myself in a good zone of using my talents. Uh, and working at them becoming strengths. Uh, and that was all without really having the language. I didn't engage with Gallup directly uh, uh, to, uh, to find out more. Uh, but then towards the end of 2012, 2011, 2012, when that role was finishing up, I actually then 
took the assessment again um, at the end of 2012, and Futuristic came in at number one. Uh, so, so I learnt well, the key learning from that whole experience was that uh, when people first take the assessment, which I know is some of your focus uh, of what what do I do to take action and get stuff happening, uh, it's it's 80% accurate out of the gate, but it's also highly contextual. So if you're honest when you take it in in your current context, whatever that is, uh, uh, it will tell you what talents you are drawing on right now to try and perform in the role. Because uh, mm-hmm. you can't not do that. You cannot, as, as you know, you cannot not be who you are. Right. So, so you're going to try and find a way for those, for the talents that are going to best serve you uh, and who you are to perform in the role. Um, so that explained to me why Futuristic was actually number six. When I finally got uh, uh, access to the 34, which I did via the back door, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I, I found a, a Gallup person who specialised in executive coaching around the 34 themes, um, and uh, they, I actually had taken the assessment uh, three times by the time I found them, and they gave me my full 34 of all three, um, which was fantastic, uh, because I then was able to put them all together and average out the results and get what I consider now to be probably the most accurate picture uh, of who I am, which is which is the top five I gave you. Uh, yeah which uh, um, has, was a real revelation to me. I mean, the, the coach was a bit stunned because I did all of this before we actually met. <laughs> um, but it, it made sense, it made perfect sense to me as to why I even did that because once I knew what my, my, what my truer top five was, it, it allowed me to focus even more on, on how I use those talents. Yeah, you ha- you have that's a great answer. You've done a lot of extensive research um, in this, and you know that's I applaud your efforts. But so talk a little bit about the time where you realize that I'm in a position where I may plateau here. I have to find a new challenge. I have to find something that that suits my strengths a little bit more and allows yep. me to kind of grow. How did you kind of um, develop that confidence in order to make that change? Um, well, in the in the coaching and consulting company, uh, for me, it uh, uh, the confidence came because I was successful in the role. Every time we had a review, I would build a case for, well, here's why I've been successful, and if you want me to be more successful, uh, I think we need to look seriously at this as my future direction. <laughs> so, um, so it allowed me the opportunity to, I guess, advocate for myself uh, and. And the, that success and that kind of positive upward spiral of 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 ongoing success uh, uh, gave me the breathing room to do that. Uh, the, where the biggest challenge comes, and if you if people haven't read it, um, I think it's really helpful to get hold of Gallup's book, Follow This Path, because um, mm. that's really their their bible on how you turn an organisation into a high performing. Uh, uh, entity by focusing on engagement of people uh, through their unique talents. Uh, uh, because once people have, have got their talent themes understood, then step two is the right fit uh, within the organisation. Uh, and that doesn't mean superficially what you'll see, what I'm sure you've seen, Andy, is that a lot of people when they first do the test, they ask, what kind of career am I suited for? Well. Mm-hmm. That's actually the wrong question to ask because anyone's top five can perform highly uh, 
in almost any role. Uh, I mean, where things like Myers Briggs help is to say, well, if you're more, if your energy comes from introversion, <laughs> then you need to consider a role where you where you're not having to continuously engage with lots of new people all the time. Um, whereas StrengthsFinder will tell you who you are, and strengths-based leadership gives you fantastic tips, very very action-based insights uh, mm. on how you can apply your themes to leading people uh, uh, in the role you are in. So um, what I found was that, well, I was being able to identify, and this again was without having read um, the um, Follow This Path, uh, and when I did I got this huge aha, was so what I was actually doing was, okay, I was getting to the point where I was applying my talents as best as I could within the constraints of the organisation, uh, and the, and, the, and then the role fit started to become the issue as to why I wasn't performing. So they needed to think about how, not just me, but how they actually structured supporting the entire sales team uh, so that the sale, each of the salespeople could do their roles better. Uh, so uh, that's how, for me, I found I was able to have the confidence um, to, uh, to address the, I need to find something new or I'm plateauing here. Uh, I could see that the organisation wasn't going to restructure uh, uh, internally as to how they did the work uh, so that I could continue to grow. Uh, so that I need to find a role where I have a lot more control um, or authority over how that's shaped. Um, so the role in manufacturing was a greenfields opportunity to introduce new technology into the Australian market. So they were heavily reliant on my knowledge and expertise of the market. Uh, so, uh, so I had a lot of bandwidth to pursue, uh, I guess, designing and architecting uh, how we went to market uh, with uh, the offering. So, uh, yeah. which, which I know is something as a marketer you're passionate about. Yeah, it is something I'm passionate about. And I think, you know, what what advice would you give our listeners who, I mean, you had the confidence and the ability to go to uh, your supervisor, your management team, or your upper leadership and express to them that, and advocate on behalf of yourself and say, this is what I need from you in order to be more effective. But what yeah. advice would you give somebody who's maybe a little bit more timid or is not, uh, is not, let's say, is working up to be strong enough to approach that conversation? I mean, how do you enter that conversation without sounding demanding? Yeah, true. I mean, I think um, uh, for me, uh, the value of, of having my top five where, four, where the first four are strategic thinking, uh, and actually I have um, seven of the eight strategic thinking themes in my top 12. <laughs> so mm. I'm heavily biased towards being quite clinical about uh, uh, how to view uh, a situation uh, uh, and a lot of it, the first thing you, that you need to realise is that um, your job will never give you 100% of what you need. I mean, what they hire you for is performance. Okay? Uh, they're hiring you to perform in a specific role <laughs> and step one is if you aren't able to perform in that specific role, <laughs> then uh, uh, then you've got to work through why is that about you um, and 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 own that for yourself. And this is where my responsibility kicks in, my, my supporting theme at number five. Uh, mm -hmm. is you've got to take ownership of that for yourself uh, and identify what the what the blockages are. And then uh, are they internal to you uh, or, or are they with the organisational system? Uh, and 
and then uh, looking at what your talent themes are, how do I, how can I draw on those to approach having the conversations that I need to have and and thinking through what it is that's not work, identifying what's not working. Um, uh, I, I appreciate that can often be really challenging for people who are heavily biased on um, relationship building talents, particularly empathy, harmony, connectedness. Uh, um, interestingly, empathy and harmony, harmony are my 34 and 33. <laughs> um, uh, so they need to spend time with people who have that ability to think strategically about mm -hmm. uh, uh, the situation uh, and also who have some execution. Like, uh, my, you'll see my fifth talent theme is an executing theme. In my top ten, I have uh, six strategic thinking, two influencing and two executing. Uh, so that defines and shapes a lot of how I can just approach something very clinically and identify, here's the ball, <laughs> Uh, in in US speak, here's the here's, here's the ball, here's the touch here's the touch line uh, or, or or the the touchdown line, the end zone. How am I going to get that ball into the end zone uh, if I'm the quarterback calling the plays? Mm. Uh, 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 so you have to think of yourself in in that space. Uh, and and so I would say if you're really struggling, it's well worth sitting with somebody who understands Strengths Finder and can help you get a really good handle on where you are at with that with your appreciation and and activity around the tool and how mature your talents are because that's that's probably the single biggest mistake that people make when they start with the tool and get excited about it is they are themes of talent okay mm -hmm. uh, uh, a talent is a repeated pattern of thinking feeling or behavior it's not a strength until you have mastery until you can flawlessly execute uh, over and over again until you have unconscious competence uh, around that particular theme, which is exciting in a sense because it's a lifelong journey. <laughs> uh, yeah. um, uh, but, but most people start from a position of ignorance uh, and they have to unlearn most of what they've learned about assessments um, uh, and they have to learn what positive psychology is and, and how to approach that positive view even of themselves <laughs> to embrace the truth about themselves. Uh, yeah, well, so, yeah, I think you hit that, the nail right on the head there when you when yeah. you said uh, kind of starting out with a little bit of ignorance. I mean, a lot of times when I when I talk to to my clients and people that I coach, it's it's mm. what what changes or modifications can you make in the workplace to better mm. apply your talents as you develop them in the strengths. That, you know, necessarily mm. the first thing they usually want to do is is go to those mm. to those uh, influencers or decision makers within the organization and mm. and say, well, these are my top five, and this is what I need from you in order to be more effective. First step mm. I always say is, what can you take responsibility of first and make mm. those changes on your own? Because only then will you start to develop those talents in the strengths. And then once you get more aware of how to apply those, you know, mm. then the conversation starts at an organizational level. So, yes, yes, so. So I think the, I mean, and it depends on the maturity of their organisation around around these concepts, uh, because everybody is now starting to just talk about engagement uh, in the workplace, mm. uh, and then and so you just draw on the measurable data that Gallup has, saying people who do what they do best every day are this percent more likely to be engaged, are this percent less likely uh, to disengage and leave. <laughs> um, so. Um, they're beginning to under 
there's still a long way to go, but I think the people are beginning to wake up uh, to uh, the power of and the truth of um, positive psychology and how strengths link to engagement uh, uh, in the workplace. Uh, so, so yeah, but, the, but the, for the individual, you need to know yourself and then know enough about your role, so know yourself, know your role and what is performance defined as and how do I first show that I am meeting or exceeding the performance that is asked of me because then I've got the oxygen mm. to in the room to sit at the table and start having a conversation. Uh, if you're not actually performing to expectation, uh, then why would they even bother? <laughs> um, and, that, and that's a huge thing is a lot of people in today's workplace don't even know what's expected of them. I mean, mm. they know they know their their job uh, synopsis or job description is, mm. but they don't know what those expectations are. And I think that's mm. kind of a that's kind of a flaw in our modern day management system where we're not giving a strong mm. sense of direction. I mean, how are you supposed to get to an end result or follow a path to a goal when you have mm. absolutely no idea what direction to head? So yeah, yeah. and I guess because because I spent most of my time in what I call market development, both sales and marketing. Um, uh, uh, I came from sales. It's all about the numbers. <laughs> like you have a you have a target of revenue that you need to achieve, uh, and that that requires activity. Uh, so uh, that that gave me a very strong numbers focus. And then when I went into the manufacturing space uh, with engineering, it's all about the numbers. <laughs> uh, if we're going to design a product, it either passes or it fails. <laughs> There's no in between. So uh, that that played really well for me with strategic thinking uh, because it meant you're always dealing with uh, largely what's what's the concept uh, uh, or solution and does it work. <laughs> you there was no there was no room for debating how you felt about something. <laughs> Because the product either was designed properly and worked, or it didn't and didn't. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I think that uh, it's really important for people to develop that uh, uh, individual awareness, and then within their team and the organisation, uh, um, and start grow, start trying to do your best to bloom where you're planted, and and apply the talents where you are right now. And if if you feel a bit restricted with that, well, then the top five. Uh, who you are pretty much most of the time in every sphere of life. You can't help but not. So find another role uh, where you do already have a sense of being energised and engagement uh, and look at how you can improve that and learn from that role the principles of how I apply it back into the workplace. Mm. Um, so uh, that, that would be my roundabout way of getting to the point of building the confidence to have the conversation. Uh, Define performance and start meeting or exceeding it using the talents that you are already drawing on uh, and figuring out how you actually do that. So find someone who can help you unpack that and start to take action around it. Very well. So now you and I share a, a common passion for strengths-based development, positive mm. psychology, and mm. like you said, I, I love the terminology you use, bloom where you're planted. Now, mm. a, as you have grown and become more strengths-aware, and you've talked mm. about this within your social circle or within some you know, coworkers, have you mm. met a lot of resistance as far as, uh, you, you know, sometimes you hear when somebody says, oh, you should take the assessment 
Ooh. you sometimes get that response. It's just another assessment. Why should I take it? What what is the what is the benefits for my time when I sit behind that computer and I go Ooh. through 177 questions? What am I going to get out of it? And what is your response? Yeah, well, I mean, I I do a lot of um, and as a marketing person, this pre-positioning mm-hmm. of of the tool. I use the tool uh, as part of as a key part, along with a couple of other strengths-based assessments of how I work closely with mentoring people. Um, so uh, to, to give you the difference, coaching is very much uh, about uh, how you help people get agreement to take a course of action. Um, uh, you don't necessarily have to have their industry knowledge and experience. A lot of it is about being able to uh, to help them help, un- help them understand their own context and, and you don't need to be an expert in their field to do that. Uh, mentoring is much more about I have life experience uh, that uh, you can't argue with because it's my deep experience. So uh, for me, I come from a place of having spent more than half my life healthily obsessing about uh, um, understanding self and trying to find best-in-class tools that help you do that. Uh, This is the best combination to date that I've been able to find uh, that helps you do that. so I come from a place of offering experience and normally the people I work with, if you want to talk niche, and I don't like talking niche, I, I tend to prefer cluster, which is kind of an, an aspirational market of people. I tend to work with senior or emerging leaders who are already hungry for growth. Um, so they're always looking for um, the next thing to develop around, uh, the, the, thing, the next thing that's going to give them an edge. <laughs> in how they operate uh, and they're often people who are who've, who've worked hard to get where they are um, and they've already recognized that self-knowledge is a valuable thing um, so Lindsay specializes in the has this, has this great space in the 20s to 30s where a lot of the identity the, the adult identity discovery stuff stuff really starts to come into play um, so she's got a great sort of a great market there um, from lots of people from all over the place, <laughs> right. uh, but the people I t- people I tend to deal with are because um, Lindsay's early thirties, I'm mid forties. I tend to deal with people mid thirties to uh, to early fifties um, who are very much in that. Uh, I'm in the peak season of my life for contribution because <laughs> uh, um, I'm often in in or starting to assume senior leadership, uh, and I know I need. Uh, I really need to have an edge uh, and know how to keep sharpening my edge uh, to keep being the best that I can be. So, so I look for a market. I, I instinctively look for markets who are predisposed mm-hmm. to the to the to the related concepts that allow you to introduce the tool. Um, and I and by prepositioning, I also use that to frame the context around the tool so that they buy in. Uh, to the process and are happy to do the tools, um, and then trust me to help decode it for them. Does that that make sense? That makes perfect sense, and I think you know a lot of the things that you said 
one of the things that I've realized too, and I agree with you, is really giving people the opportunity just to become, uh, take the time to become a little bit introspective and actually Ooh. talk and focus on themselves. A lot of Ooh. professionals don't have, I mean, and although it's, it's, it's a necessary allotment of time to think about yourself and how you can continue to progress and sharpen your own edge, a lot of people don't take that time because sometimes they feel a little guilty or selfish when they think about themselves as opposed to Ooh. others. And I always tell my clients, now's the time where we're going to focus on you. Let's focus on yeah. what you can do better and how you can harness the power of your natural God-given talents to develop them in the strengths and grow as a professional. So, Yeah, I mean, the simple analogy is if the plane starts to go down, they always tell you to put your own oxygen mask on first. Absolutely. <laughs> so why? So you can help others. So there's an appropriate level of self-focus that's required if you're actually going to be in a good space to to do your best. Yeah, that's a great analogy. So another question, you kind of touched on this before. Someone has just taken the assessment. You know, they heard you talking about it or they heard this podcast and they had just taken the assessment. They're sitting behind their computer. They printed out their Strengths Insight report. They're looking at it and now say they're in a room alone. They don't have access to a Strengths coach or somebody knowledgeable like yourself. What would be your number one action step that they take right away to start to be able to kind of harness that ability and then apply it? Okay, well, I would say a couple of things. One, uh, the number one thing is realise it's a snapshot in time. Uh, and two, when you read the insights report, I make a big deal of pointing out to people, it's not a cookie-cutter report. Okay, uh, So many assessments that people take, whether it's DISC or MBTI or whatever, it's all template-based. That insight report is custom-built, uh, where the Gallup software takes that top five and all of the descriptors that are in the in, in around those five themes in, in order is based on the dynamics between those five themes, uh, the interplay between those five. So how my report talks about futuristic is very different to how your report talks about futuristic. There might be a couple of a few words or phrases, but my futuristic is in the context of context of it being number one with three more strategic thinking themes and then an executing thing. Yours is lower in the top five, and it's heavily dominated by woo <laughs> and and strategic. Mm. Okay, so uh, I the, so it's a snapshot in time. So if it doesn't quite feel right, then uh, it's highly likely that if you've been honest in doing it, uh, that these are the talents that you are drawing on right now. Uh, it's not necessarily your ideal top five, because how many people have the right fit in role in organisations? <laughs> but it's the combination that you are drawing on to try and perform. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, um, the second thing that I, that I say to them around that is take the report and get three coloured pens. Uma, when you interviewed him, talked about this. He got this from me. It's the get a, get a red pen, uh, an orange pen and a green pen and go through and highlight, highlighters even, and highlight everything in green that you positively agree with. You go, yes, that I, I, I really agree with, that, with those statements. Orange for, yeah, I think so, possibly, but I'll proceed with caution. <laughs> um, and red, no, I flat out disagree with this statement. Uh, mm-hmm. And when people do it honestly with that report, they tend to have very little red. Um, so it tends to be more, uh, a lot of green and some orange, or if it's not their ideal top five, maybe 50-50 orange-green. So it gets them in the frame of saying yes to what is true. Uh, 
and also introduces the, the Gallup used the traffic lights metaphor around the 34, so it presets them uh, around a language and a contextual metaphor of driving through traffic <laughs> um, uh, in the car, driving your strengths that you can use to help people um, uh, engage their, their right brain um, around the subject. So those would be the, the two main things. If you can't talk to anyone who knows about it, do those two things first. Then find somebody who knows what they're talking about with it <laughs> and, and get them to help you start to unpack what it means for you. Those are excellent steps, and I, and I love the multicolor pen or highlighter option. I mean, you know, I've used go through and highlight what you know that's me, but uh, I never actually incorporated a, a separate color to highlight something that you totally disagree with. And I'd be interested to actually try that more often because, like you stated, I think people would be surprised by how little they're completely disagreeing with on the assessment. I mean, a lot of times they're just concentrate on the theme name itself as opposed mm. to actually the description. So yeah. great insights. Yeah. Um, mm. So my last question is, well, I, I do want to ask this one, and I, and I think that you're going to have probably, uh, you probably won't be able to select just one because you're well aware of how they all play off of each other. But what mm. is your favorite theme in your top five and, and why? I mean, I have to be, uh, in being completely honest, it, it always has been my number one, which is futuristic. Um, uh, um, it, because I think a couple of reasons someone knew it should have been in my top five who wasn't even Gallup certified in any way shape or form mm -hmm. when that trainer said I can't understand why futuristic isn't there it put a seed in my mind to say well if it's not why isn't it uh, mm -hmm. so it set me on a very healthy course of discovery um, and I think also because um, when it's mature and I'm, I'm still the next seven years for me are all about this the, hard, the, the dark side of futuristic is that you're never present. Okay? And if you're following the, the zeitgeist of thinking now, there's a huge obsession with mindfulness um, now in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. uh, and, I mean, Google has taken its internal course, which blends mindfulness and, and emotional intelligence and things, and they, and they now offer it on the open market, uh, an internal Google course. And it's real heavy on... Mindfulness is just being fully present to the moment in terms of where you are, and futuristics find that really hard to do <laughs> because you're always excited about the new and the next. Okay? Uh, so for me, it's recognizing that the future can be a millisecond <laughs> or it can be one like uh, a day, uh, an hour, a minute, <laughs> and by... I think maturity in futuristic is being able to shift that lens of focus in the moment uh, for the for the situation that you are in, uh, and uh, and for me that's really significant because uh, you being in the military would would have have a lot of uh, exposure to this. Is that uh, I have in the last eighteen months I've only come to realise that. Um, I had major trauma in my early 20s, uh, uh, which fundamentally hardwired my neuroanatomy in a, in a particular way of functioning, which I was completely unaware of. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I also, looking back now with 2020 hindsight, I can, hard for somebody who doesn't have context, so I had to work really hard <laughs> at it, but I realised uh, just how much I had been actually living with having depression to, from mild to extreme, uh, anxiety from 
episodes to highly generalised and trauma all uh, forcing me to my brain to be hardwired around certain ways of responding. Uh, uh, so uh, strengths have given me a language and a way to identify. In spite of that, I know who my best self is, uh, and a way to be able to work and grow through uh, the healing process from those illnesses and, and episodes to become more and more of who I truly am. Uh, and if I didn't have futuristic uh, there and strategics immediately supporting it, uh, I think I probably would have found myself in far darker places like uh, than, I, than I was uh, because I was always able to picture a, a, a possible future that was that was good and identify multiple ways that I could possibly get there. Uh, mm. uh, did I do that very well? No. <laughs> but once I became aware in my mid to later 30s of this language and and how it's how it helped identify the truth about me that was good, uh, the obsession kicked in. <laughs> uh, because what trauma does is it messes with your sense of identity and sense of self. Uh, uh, so to know that in spite of all of that, uh, b beneath the the rewiring of my brain, there was this truth about me that was good, <laughs> and I needed to the the way out was the way out was going through it and healthily obsessing about that goodness. Uh, I think there for me there, a lot of my future contribution uh, is a, is going to be around helping people understand what's really going on with that for them uh, and how to use strengths to uh, embrace what Seligman calls post-traumatic growth rather than post-traumatic stress. Um, mm. uh, so, yeah, that's why, that's why it's my favourite because if I didn't have it <laughs> as my number one, I think I would be in a much worse place than I am now. Nathaniel, I think that's a great place to stop. I just want to thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to interview you. I mean, not only are you extremely intelligent and strengths aware, but you provided our audience with some great action steps that they can apply immediately to get the ball rolling and really become aware of what they're just naturally good at and embrace that to to sharpen their edge and just become uh, you know a person who's aware of themselves and aware of what they have to offer. And I absolutely love this opportunity and I love this interview. Thank you so much for being on our show. No, that's fine. Happy happy to do so. I mean, it's um, Gallup has an office here in Australia and they've I just found out they've had 53 people get certified in the last year, um, and they're and they're programming ahead, which is great. I mean, it's all about helping shift the language in in the culture that we currently have around work. Uh, mm -hmm. And the more people who who get it and want to start living it, I think the uh, the better off we're going to be. <laughs> And I know, Nathaniel, you are active on the Gallup Call to Coach Facebook page, I believe, or is it the Gallup Strength Finder page where you're most active? Oh, well, well both, as, both as it's appropriate. For me, it's about a measurably useful contribution. Um, mm -hmm. and, and, and for people, I guess, if they're into Facebook, understand the difference between those two groups. Call to Coach is a Gallup-run group, which is because Gallup is obsessed about getting a million coaches. Mm -hmm. they're, they're, they have this belief that a million coaches is going to shift the shift the culture. I would, mm. say, I would say yes, but and, and that's another conversation um, to that. Uh, but Gallup Finder was started by uh, Joseph Vorjak, who 
had been in an education environment using Gallup for a long, long time um, uh, inside, a, inside a college, I think it was, and he just set up the group as a place for people who've just discovered their strengths to begin to get some language around them. So that's probably the last day we Join that group, and when you do, say your top five, and the tribe will say hi. <laughs> and, there he is. And, and people will volunteer to appoint uh, uh, helpful stuff. Um, and, but I'd also say to people, don't overuse it, uh, because uh, free advice, uh, uh, advice like this is worth paying for. Right. Uh, uh, um, so as quick as you, as soon as you hit the wall in terms of your own application, put money in your budget to find someone who can take you further. Mm. All right, sir. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for joining us on this, your Christmas Eve, where it's uh, approaching 9.38 a.m. Sydney time. It's now 4.38 p.m. Central Standard Time, and I'm going to let you get uh, you got some more shopping to do, some gift wrapping, and prepare for the holidays. So thank you once again for being on our show, Nathaniel. It was a pleasure as always, and I'd like to have you back maybe in a couple months to touch base and, and hear more of your great insights if you'd be willing. Sure, not a problem. All right, sir. Thank you, and I will talk to you later. This is Andy Sokolovich with UnleashStrengths.com. This has been another episode of Thematics. Remember, if you would like to basically swap seats with Nathaniel and be a guest on this show, there's a couple ways you can reach us. First way, shoot me an email, Andy, A-N-D-Y, at UnleashStrengths.com, or give me a call, 815-441-2219. Again, 815-441-2219. No pressure. Just like two people sitting across from each other at a pub or a bar or a restaurant talking about things that we love and that's our strengths again this broadcast is live if you would like to you can always hit us up on unleashedranks.com forward slash live during the broadcast time as we close out this interview it will be available for replay on our website unleashedranks.com all right everybody this is andy sokolovich and i will talk to you guys soon see ya Thank you for listening to another episode of Thematics presented by UnleashedStrengths.com. Remember to embrace your strengths and always stay addicted.